thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Let's give it up for all the moms. Can we do that? And I have my bride. This is Renata. Can you give Renata a big hand real quick? So fun to have her with us. It's good to see all of you today. Um, I hope that you've drank a lot of caffeine, moms, uh, because there's a a lot of coffee out there, and uh, we're excited for these next few minutes together. Um, I've asked Renata to join me today. Uh, Our dream here is just to really help walk a little bit um, on parenting and talk about uh, how to be great parents. And so we've got moms and dads in the room. We're going to focus in on moms uh, specifically. But Renata is an incredible mom to our kids. Yes, she is. And, uh, and she also has a huge heart for moms. It's one of the things that uh, she carries that's really incredible. And so uh, we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 today, which is uh, famous, uh, the Shema. It's this famous text we read in Deuteronomy, Jesus actually quotes it in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, talking about it being the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in it is a, some real parenting content. So when you look at it, you keep going to the next verse, and it's all about impressing it on your children and even the process of doing that. And so we're going to go after that. We're going to break it down into three ideas um, and talk about an authentic heart, a strategic plan, and a sacrificial attitude. Uh, so... I'm going to read the text, and then you're going to pray, baby. All right? You ready to go? All right. You look great. Come on now. I'm so excited. We've been married 21 years this month, and so, uh, yeah, Renata's a saint. Okay. Let me read this, and then uh, we'll pray. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. So that's going to be number one. We're going to talk about on your hearts, meaning it's what you care about. But then it says this, impress them on your children. So think impress, like push on, impress. You want want them babies to get it. Impress them on your children, and then it gives you the how. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So there's a whole lot here. We're going to kind of look through this text with the, kind of with the lens of parenting. And obviously, I think this is probably about a 10-chapter book or a nine-hour seminar. So we're going to just skim, skim the top. But let's go after it, all right? So babe, why don't you pray for us? And then we'll go, we'll go after this. Jesus, we just thank you for every mom who is here today, every mom who's online. Lord Jesus, for all the families who are represented here today. God, we just ask that you would bless them. We ask that the moms would feel celebrated today. God, we ask that they would be encouraged. We just invite your Holy Spirit to come and speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day. I'm so excited I get to be with you today. Um, I'm a mom, just like some of you out there are, and our kids are 16, 15, 13, and 11, so um, we are in the thick of it, just, you know, just 
just running the race, doing the best we can, not doing it perfectly, but I want to be the best mom I can. As I know, you guys, we all want to be the best moms that we can, and so today we hope to encourage you in some way as we are just going to share with you some of, some of the things we've learned, some of the things we're still learning. Um, so when I was a young mom, a small group changed my life. It opened up my heart to the conviction that motherhood is a calling. Um, so I was in a small group with a woman that was probably 20 years older, and then there were a bunch of younger moms, like four of us in this group. And at that time in my life, I was just really struggling with my identity. So before David and I had kids, uh, we, we'd been married four years before we had Dawson, our oldest, and uh, we were doing lots of, lots of ministry together. So uh, we were doing a conference. I was like the organizational behind the scenes person, and he was the visionary out front, and I was discipling young women and doing lots of different things and just had really felt like I had found my flow. You know, I was speaking on identity to young girls and just felt like this is, you know, this is who I am. And so when I got pregnant with Dawson, um, I just said to everyone, and including myself, that everything is going to stay exactly the same. I didn't know anything would change, so I was like, he's just going to come along, like everything's staying the exact same, you know? And so anyway, I had Dawson, and four weeks later, uh, David and I were on a, a, on, a, on a trip. We went to Nebraska for a youth camp, and um, there's like 200 high school kids there, and I have him in my pouch, and he's tiny, you know, and they're all, like, touching him, wanting to hold him, and I'm thinking, is this, is this really the best thing? I don't know, you know? I don't want him to get sick. Um, and then at night, uh, he, was, he was real colicky and had trouble sleeping anyway, but we were uh, in this little tiny cabin in the middle of nowhere and woods all around, and he's not sleeping, and we're driving literally the roads of Nebraska, like these little dirt roads for hours at night, just trying to get him to sleep. And I'm thinking, wow, this is different. This is hard. <laughs> and then the next... So a few days later, we were at a staff retreat, and, um, and I, he's starting to get sick, probably from this trip. Um, and I'm in the other room, and I'm like sucking the green snot out of his nose, and he's screaming and crying. And I just, I lean over him. You're and You're sucking just, out with like one of those little suckers, just, yeah, just to be you. clear. Because okay. everybody thinks you're like a five-star mom. And if you're like, <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, I would never do that. Renata's gone too far. So you did have a tool. All right. Okay. Wow. I can't remember what they're called. I don't know. Okay, anyway, those sorry. little things. Um, definitely, yeah. Anyway. Um, but I, I lean over him, and I'm just crying. And I'm like, what, what, what is going on? This is not okay. I, I know I have to take good care of my baby, you know? Um, and so the idea that this older mom invested in me, who's more mature and wise, is she said, motherhood is your first ministry. And two things resonated in me with that. One is that it was priority and that he needed to take this step of priority over my other ministry. And two was that it was a ministry. And I needed to hear that because I loved all of the other ministry that I was doing, all the things, you know, that were important to me, um, and important to God, 
but I thought that's what ministry was. And I didn't have a paradigm for ministering to my children, you know, and what that would look like, not only with the diaper changes and the nose sucking and all of that, but the training and all, all of the different things. And so I reevaluated my life, um, which we do over and over again now as a couple and a team, our time, um, and said, I need an intentional plan. Um, so I'm going to add things. I'm going to subtract things. But my life's not going to be the same. Um, C.S. Lewis said, children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. Come on. They are the most important work. And all the youth pastors said amen, right? Um, I think that's critical. I think this first piece, we're going to talk about three different pieces that we see in the text. And the first idea is, uh, is an authentic heart. We want to talk about these commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. What on your hearts? Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So when we think about uh, a radiant mom, when we think about really a radiant dad, we'll just throw that in there, but okay. Uh, when we think about a parent, the, the most important piece is authenticity. Like this first piece, right? This um, an authentic heart, like that they, that they see that you love God, that it's real. So many times... Uh, uh, kids will grow up in an environment where they will see a church culture, but the family culture doesn't look the same. And so mom and dad, uh, whatever, who's ever in the home, um, if it's a single mom or single dad, but the parent authentically following Jesus is the chief piece. It's, it's the authentic heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. So when you're thinking about even my journey and all the different things I'm supposed to do or that I could do or that I might be able to do, and I have a busy schedule and I work two jobs and all the things I can't do. If you get this, you get so much, just this. If you have an authentic heart, I really want God. I really want to love God. I love this text in 2 Timothy where Paul says to Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois. So first it's in grandma and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. So this is the multi-generational sincerity. Paul says, all right, mm, I see it there. I see it there. And because I see it there and there, my guess is, is that it's in you because people tend to do what people see and kids tend to do what they see in their parents. So just like Paul says, imitate me as I follow Christ, the best thing that you can do is is have this authentic heart where your kids see Jesus in you. So we've seen it so often with our kids where they tend to just see like the way that I dunk. Dawson just dunks naturally. Just, it's just, what, no, just kidding. All right, but, but it's that idea. And so we want them to see Jesus in us, that, that there's an authentic love in us, which that's an easy, quick first point, but that is like your life. That's like everything so um, a funny story about just people doing what people see is, um, I don't know if you guys know Paul Barker, but he's on staff here at Radiant. He's amazing. And he has a daughter, Eloise. Uh, she's five now. But when she was three, two or three, and she was just potty training, I served back in kids a lot. I was back there with her in kids ministry. And, um, and it was her first time ever to go to the, you know, to the bathroom by it, here at church. So she, um, so I pull her out of the classroom and she's thinking what's going on or whatever. And, um, I open the door and there's already like five other girls in there going to the bathroom. And she walks in and she goes, my friends are here. 
And she just starts hanging out, hugging everybody. She doesn't want to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, this is just like Paul. Paul loves people. Paul's incredible with people. So anyway, if you know Eloise, she's just like her dad. Um, So people do what people see. Um, And that's why we really want to model the fruit of the Spirit. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I know none of us do this perfectly. We definitely don't do this perfectly. You do better than me. Go ahead. Oh, thanks, babe. (laughs) Um, But we're all growing and maturing in Christ. And so I like to think of it like a roadmap more than a checklist. Um, So do I have the fruit of the Spirit because I'm overflowing in God, like what we're talking about, having this authentic heart. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit helps me know if I'm heading in the right direction, like on that roadmap. So we want to see our children faithfully growing in Christ, asking forgiveness. Um, So we have to repent often. You know, that is part of parenting because none of us are perfect. So we repent quickly and often. And I think one of the best ways to just really grow as an authentic follower of Jesus is to spend time with Jesus every day. And um, so you have to have a time and a place, and you have to plan it. And sometimes it's not easy. I know after having kids, it got a lot more difficult for me. Um, So um, when the kids were little, it was always in the afternoon during their nap time. And when they would get older, we just kept that quiet time going for them. Now it's in the morning because they're older. Um, There was one year that, and when you have a time and a place, you may not hit it every day, but at least the goal's there, and you're going to get closer to the goal if you have that. Um, When Justice was a baby, um, that first year, um, I could not, I didn't have a time and a place that would work because they were five and under, and there was just no, there was no schedule, no rhythm um, to my life. (laughs) So I would grab uh, the book Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence and, um, at, you know, in five-minute intervals here and there. And that, um, that changed my life, too, because I learned that I could abide in the Lord and the Lord would meet me throughout my day. You know, he talks about washing the dishes and communing with the Lord. And um, when you think of as moms, that's, that's what we do a lot of the time. And so... It's ideal if we can have the time and the place and be abiding like that. But if you can't, you can always be abiding in the Lord. And so um, that was really just life-changing for me. Yeah, one of my favorite parts in that season was uh, just, I imagine God's smile on your life uh, when it was so challenging, but you were so committed to that time alone with God. Um, Because I have the distinct memory of coming home often, and uh, you would be asleep and laying there with a Bible open, a journal half-written page, and just like out cold, and, uh, and just Probably like... Probably half the time. Yeah. <laughs> and just, I just, it like, it just, to me, I just thought like, here you are, you've got four little kids, and to, you, you've made it such a priority. Um, I just felt like just... God's delight, God's smile over you, my enjoyment of you. And Dawson and I, uh, when he was about six or seven, he started a joke with me about how um, it was synonymous. Mom sleeping on the couch is the same as mom spending time with Jesus. So mom's asleep on the couch, you'd be like, mom's just spending time with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I just want to say that because I think that sometimes it's easy for us 
you know, to think kind of more legalistically. And I think that the smile of God, when you're just saying, God, you can have it. Of course, that would became our joke. Like, all right, the journal didn't quite work today, but Lord Jesus, just give me a dream. <laughs> you know, like, but, but, but just that, but that the point is not the method. The point is the relationship. The point is the priority. Like, I just, I want to be with God. Another thing that you just said that I love is you said, um, you said, look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit as a roadmap rather than a list. So meaning, uh, my tendency is to think, all right, I, I must become loving. I must be peaceful. I must have joy. I must have this self-control. But if you think of it as a roadmap instead of a list, then it's more like um, when I see these things, not, they're not fruit in my life. They're not evident then I go back and I get with God and I'm filled up with the Holy Spirit. I'm filled up with God and then it's, I start to see more fruit. So that you're, you're not trying to get the attributes, you're just trying to know the person. And then, okay, so I love that. Um, okay, so let's go on to the next one. You wanna add anything more on Authentic Heart or can you keep going to the next one? All right, I think, I think this is your future six-hour seminar, but I'm gonna keep going. Um, all right, so impress them on your children. So an intentional strategy. So this is a big one. I like this phrase, John 4. I have no greater goal than this, to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So obviously John's talking about spiritual children there, but we wanna talk about this as parents that really there's no greater goal, like better than being the, the right weight at the gym, like better than, which that's a goal, like better than um, having the right time management, like better than eating the right food. Like really, this is a big deal. Like, I, I care that my kids walk in the truth. And of course, we would say, capital T, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If they're walking with Jesus, I had a, a pastor this week. Really, I feel like, almost quote this verse off the cuff, not knowing there's quoting scripture, where he in tears said to me, as he's pastoring a church, but he said, my greatest goal would be for my kids to walk with Jesus. And I think, okay, that's, so, so, so this is a principle of, all right, if I, if I'm going to walk out authentic heart to, I want to actually have a plan. Uh, a lot of times we kind of do parenting on the run, like just kind of like, all right, here you are, just, just let's just go. But, but working on this intentional strategy and here in the context, it's talking about, it's actually talking about impre like impressing the word of God on their hearts. So for us, we've worked on trying to try to do that really intentionally. So let's just talk about that. Let's talk about how to have an intentional strategy. Yeah, so good. So we're going to talk about a couple things. Uh, we're going to talk about having a life-giving home, and then we're going to talk about having life-giving habits. And we're going to talk about a life-giving home because we need to be strategic in creating a life-giving environment in the day-to-day -day unplanned moments of walking through life with our children, as well as the planned intentional moments. And so when we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus walked with and he talked with and he served his disciples. He was with them. He was the servant of all. He had a servant's heart. He fed them. He washed their feet. And so we need to walk with and have time focused on our children. That's critical. So just like Jesus was a life-giving source for his disciples, we want to both be and to create a life-giving environment for our children. 
So it's kind of like a garden. If the soil is healthy, things will grow. And it's that same idea in our homes, in the culture we're creating. We want to create an environment that is healthy, that is full of the life of Jesus, full of good things for our children's hearts to grow. And so that takes intentionality and it takes thoughts. Um, Proverbs 14.1 says, a wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears hers down with her own hands. And so when I look at house in this scripture, I think of heritage and legacy and traditions. And I think about this woman building her house. So her house is a place of refuge. It's a place of safety. It's a place of inspiration where there is food for their minds, for their hearts, for their spirits, a place for them to be inspired, to be who they're called to be. And it's a light in a dark world. It's this refuge. And so we have lived in five houses. Um, and so we're not, it's not about your house, how big it is, how small it is. We're talking about a culture and what we can build in that place, in that home. Proverbs 24, 4 says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. So building takes work. It takes thought. It takes a heart after God, partnered with the Holy Spirit, listening to what he sees for your family. It takes your imagination and your creativity and thinking, what can fill these rooms? What do you have, Jesus, for our family? And hands ready to create. It takes some work. And sometimes I picture our kids' hearts like a treasure chest. So, and we get to fill their hearts with the best things. So things like unconditional love, things like spiritual nurture, heritage of family, traditions, emotional security, um, memories, loving other people, all these different things that we get to be creative with and think, what can we invest in this place, in this home, in this culture, in this environment? So thinking about, dreaming about what heritage, what traditions, what memories do we want in our families? And that takes dreaming and planning. And David and I have done this um, since our kids were little. We'll take, even if it's a day um, where, we, where we get away, um, even if it's to the coffee shop down the street or whatever, and we just talk and plan and dream about you know, what, what it could be and, what, and what, what our lives look like even that, that specific year, you know, with all of the schedules and all the different things, how this plays out. So um, this was a shift for me as far as the posture of heart. Um, a mentor mom said to me, um, we, we all grow slow. So she said, toddlers are going to be clumsy Babies are going to wake up in the middle of the night. They're going to cry. Um, you know, teenagers are going to be emotional. And we all grow slowly, so respond with grace. So having that grace in your home um, is so important. And, and in the day-to-day, -day, 
in the middle of the messes and the laundry and the constant needs, you know, constantly when the kids are little. Um, and, and even when they're older, they have so many needs, you know. Um, it's the small moments oftentimes that are capturing their hearts. So it's the day-to-day, it's this environment, this culture, this authentic heart, who are we? And so thinking of, for example, like a milk spill being this opportunity to show grace, you know, even when it's like the 10th time or whatever, which that's how it seemed like for us. It seemed like our kids, that's why I give that example. They were always spilling their milk. (laughs) Um, But anyway, you just think, if I respond with grace in this moment, my child could learn that they're loved in their weakness, you know, and how does Jesus respond to me? That's how I want to be responding to my children, and that's difficult, and we're never perfect, but, um, or an argument with a sibling, sometimes that can turn into this opportunity to teach patience. So, So looking at the difficult things as opportunities, and that takes also being present and believing, you know, that the children are the most important work because sometimes we have to turn away from other things, the dishes, your house might be messy or your phone, whatever things like to go, no, I'm going to just invest right here, right now. And over time, you really do see fruit. And every time that the kids spilled milk, they found out which one was filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit and which one was missing the Holy Spirit, which one was just filled up and, and had the roadmap, and I which one just treating it like a list. Yes. Like, it is true, and you know this. Every time they'd spill, and I'd look at them like, oh, seriously? And Renata would be like, oh, this is an opportunity to show grace, you know? Oh, yeah. So anyway, no. less a little muscle. Um, okay, one of the things I want to go back to that you said was uh, this whole idea. You've said the word mentor multiple times. Um, But I just want to highlight, it wasn't like mentors grew on trees when we had little kids. It was an intentional pursuit. I have memory of you, um, actually one of your best friends said, hey Renata, let's go to San Francisco and spend a few days hanging out, playing together. And you declined that trip, but you would save each year to go to, up to Denver, to go to uh, this mother's conference. So, so it, to me, that is a statement of value. To me, that is a statement of you chasing down mentors. You actually joined the small group that you talked about. Oh, it wasn't like there was a magical small group. Like you joined it. You, you figured out how to, <clears throat> how to be there. So, yeah, <clears throat> a lot of times. Yeah, a lot of times. I'm not choked up. I just can't talk. <laughs> I would have to, you know, just go after the mentor moms. So I would, um, I would even create a small group and invite other moms my age and then go ask another mom to lead it or to lead, you know, the specific night or whatever that we did. And, and we have small groups like that at our church, even right now, um, that are amazing. And so, but it was, I had to go after it. I, you know, you know, those things hardly ever fall into your lap. I've had to pretty much go after everyone. Yeah. So. Dory leads one right now, Dory and yeah. Tara. So Dory Shane and, and Tara McIntosh lead one. Um, <clears throat> sorry. My parents are leading a seminar this Saturday which will be great. Uh, I definitely recommend if you can do that, that would be amazing. But it's chasing down those moments. So it's saying, okay, not going to go to Snooze, the new restaurant for breakfast, going to go to the parenting seminar. But it's choices like that all the time. Uh, One of the ones that you did that I thought was kind of the cutest one was when you would go bake bread with Phyllis. How old is Phyllis? She was in her 70s. Yeah. She was amazing. So Renata's best friend, when we were were 25, Renata's best friend was 75. 
She was the mentor of like these incredible other women. So I was like, I'm going to her. Yeah, but you chased <laughs> Phyllis down. And then you came back with two things, wisdom and bread. And I made bread for years. And yeah. you were like, this is the life. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> you didn't eat it, but I did. So um, I think that's big um, on, on that. I, I would just say... Um, Let's, let's talk about some of these habits. So we're impressing on our children. We're talking about creating an environment, which you do, you've done a lot of things in terms of thinking through <clears throat> what you hang on the wall, how we spend time. You know, there's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a parenting seminar in itself right there. But then let's go after habits. We form our habits and then our habits form us. Let's go after just a few of them. One, the biggest one for us in terms of impressing it on our children that we've worked on is, is their own personal time alone with Jesus. And that's a, that's a seminar. Um, then second, our, our tribal Bible time where we sit um, in the room, work through the text together and it's talk like through family that. devotions like with family, worship. Yeah, sorry, that's my word, tribal Bible. I know maybe what tribal Bible is. Yeah, it's where you bribe them with candy and money to answer Bible questions. Um, but the goal is to help them get a biblical worldview and be able to turn the Bible into conversation um, with the Lord. And then the third one <clears throat> is, is a, an intentional one-on-one time, which I think, um, you know, sometimes I've talked about one-on-one time in, in messages, and sometimes we think, okay, that's for like the Renata Perkinses of the world who have everything kind of measured out, but I have this busy life. I work two jobs. I go to school online. How could, but, but one of the things that we have found is it doesn't even necessarily have to be um, just where you sit with them at Freddy's and drink a Coke. One of the be- Yesterday, I had one-on-one time with Liv while we were shopping for peppers, for fajitas at Price Chopper. But it's a moment where you think, okay, this could just be a grocery moment where I'm, you know, doing tasks on my phone, or this could be, you know, just a few people just go jump in the car. We'll just kind of herd them there. But trying to, of course, we have four kids. Everybody's different how many kids they have, but trying to create that one-on-one in the midst of just even like little wash the car, go to the grocery store, that busy mom who feels like she's got so many things on her plate, but trying to find the times, even the intentional times to just take the break. And during this seven minute break, I'm going to FaceTime with my kids and just try to create those intentional relationships because you're always trying to seed the ideas of helping them follow Jesus. Okay, you, you talk on habits there. Yeah, that's good. Sometimes we, I'll even take them into like our little den and just um, make them a cookie, have a cookie or something, you know, and just like it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but just time to look in their eyes and talk to them and ask them questions. And, and when you have lots of kids, it's the one-on-one times are, are even more important because you know, just they'll open up their hearts to you in those times in a unique way. And when you start young, then they're just used to it their whole lives. So we started when they were young and now they're, te- most of them are teenagers. And so anyway, that's been, it's been awesome. Um, you know, you have a lot of kids when you start talking to percentages, most of them. Most of them, 75%. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so life-giving habits is more intentional, planned discipleship. And um, so impressing them on your children does take a plan. It takes training and instruction and set aside time. 
Um, and there's not, for, there's not a formula um, for every family. These 10 steps, this is gonna work for sure for you, you know, because it's more about relationship and being led by the Holy Spirit and what works at the time and all of those things. And, and you're, I just wanna encourage you that your puzzle, like all of the pieces of your life, is different than our lives. It's different than your friends' lives. It's, we're, we're all different. We all have unique children with unique personalities, unique strengths, unique weaknesses. You know, we're all unique. And so we have different marriages or we have different careers, different things. Um, so let the Holy Spirit lead you in what your puzzle is supposed to look like with, it, with this. Um, but there's so many possibilities. And David is gonna talk through um, some of those on Father's Day. Um, so I'm excited about that. Just more, uh, more intentionally. <laughs> Yeah, now, now you have to do seven it. Seven habits. Um, but um, the one-on-one -on -one times, the tribal Bible, and, and with those family devotion times, I would just encourage you to make them fun, be creative with them. You know, just switch it up sometimes because that can feel like law. With your kind of crazy kids that are running around or whatever, like, I mean, I'd let them play with Legos or give them a coloring sheet or whatever, you know, so they... So they enjoy it. And same with their time with God. We'd give them like hot chocolate or whatever. Um, Spoonful because, of sugar helps the scripture go down. Yeah. But they, you want them to love that time. I mean, there's nothing more important. And so it's like, hey, wait, that's how we were at least. We're like, do whatever it takes. Um, so, and this does take time. Um, it takes time every day to have a time and a place. And we have, I mean, on our days through the schedules of we, as we've scheduled it out, um, we do this scheduling time like we're talking about twice a year. It's like, okay, well, on this day, it's from 7.30 to nine at night, or it's whatever time it is um, that, that works, but it does take time. And sometimes we have to say no to some really good things in order to say yes to the best things. So, there is nothing better than your children knowing Jesus. So that is the best thing. So, I mean, we have had to say no to, to, certain, to lots of certain things, certain activities, different things. Our kids do activities, but you know what? That's a whole other conversation. Um, but scheduling first what matters most. Um, that's a phrase that we talk about a lot, and we go, okay, this is going to get in the schedule. Um, so... I think one of the ways that we do that uh, twice a year, we, we kind of break away to try to keep our ideas and our, and our vision, so our, our habits that match our vision, but our circumstance changes. So um, ballet and drama and kids' classes and spring, winter, fall, it's, it's always changing. So we have to keep morphing in order to have our values that are habits in the midst of the changing schedule instead of just punting on the whole thing because, well, life's crazy, so we just try to keep up. Okay, let's stay ahead of it and work on it. And, and one of the things, I mean, I'm just gonna say right here because I'm just gonna get some points with you real quick. Uh, that often for me has meant skipping watching sports, like things that are... You know when you say sometimes we miss good things for great things? Like the Sooners, that's a good thing. And my point being like, it actually is things that you, like I actually enjoy doing. And when I skip that, then you, you love me more. And so, just kidding, all right, so. Um, 
I'm just saying, I've missed OU Texas before. Uh, all right, so, so, but then also bringing back as a part of our, our, our date night, um, talking about our vision for the week and talking about how we're gonna kind of dance in order to make sure that we can accomplish those goals. So, and, and, and I wanna just encourage, um, our, our lives are busy, your lives are busy, and I think kind of even when what Renata just said about there's no exact formula, you gotta figure, you do you, you gotta figure out uh, how, how you do that. We just wanna say, value it, and then work on it. Because when you work on it, you can get better. Okay, let's go after this last one. Because this last phrase says, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. I mean, we could really go after those specific things because I look at those and I think, you know, this, this could be the outline about how when we're actually sitting in the house. We could talk about walking along the road could be when you're driving, right? Like, take me out with my family, take... <gasps> Are you okay by singing? We out with my friends. We'll sing together and laugh and play. It's gonna be a super fun day because it's Dawson Perkins, the leader. Olivia Faith, the princess. Adeline Grace is a movie star. Justice is growling in the back of the car and it's mommy passing out Chick-fil-A. Daddy just screams hip hooray. Let's all start by praising King Jesus for giving us this day. All right, all right. So thank you very much. Thank you. Justice was a baby, so he was growling. Yeah, so he didn't have any content yet because he was two months old, so we just threw him. But I'm just saying, I'm only, I'm only saying that to say, like, you could take that pretty specific as in our house when we're in the car, intentional conversation, um, even kind of some of the things that, that, that you've done, that we've done yeah, as they're going to bed at night. Scripture memory songs or, I don't there's all kinds of yeah, things. And, yeah, and, and then when you get up, I mean, that's specific to spend time with God. I'm just saying, the outline's there, we're not gonna go there, but I might on Father's Day. Okay, um, but let's go after this sacrificial attitude. Um, a lot there. I, I think the big one for me that when the coin dropped in the slot, kid, parenting is a privilege. These are uh, these disciples, these, these kids. It's my opportunity, not my burden, but my privilege to love them and serve them and help them step into their calling. Psalm 127, children are heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Um, okay, babe, just speak to that. Let's just talk. A sacrificial attitude. Let me just make one more comment. So like this week on Tuesday, I, I was talking to uh, some pastors about some of these ideas. And this pastor said, that sounds like a part-time job. That parenting sounds like, like you're, you're trying to do so much, it sounds like a part-time job. To which my reply was, it's not a part-time job, it's a full-time job. It's like, I have, I have multiple full-time jobs. And, but it's, what we're trying to do today is for you, not necessarily to do what we do, but to try to uptick in value. How can we have the heart, be intentional, make the sacrifice? That's so good. And um, scripture has a different message on this than what the culture says. It's, it's counter-cultural. So culture tells us, further yourself, self-promotion is the win, and children are slowing you down. Um, they're a burden. Do whatever you can to keep them kind of okay, you know. Um, however, put them on a screen, do, do whatever, you know, so that you can live whatever life you want to live. Um, but because God blessed us with children. We know part of his call for our lives is to follow his plan, his plan for families. So to shepherd hearts, to love him, love his word, follow him. 
um, and we're called to be mothers and fathers. So that means we have to fight. We have to fight the influence of culture to believe each day that what we are doing matters. So that takes continual inspiration from the Lord and like what David was saying from mentors for me. I, I tried, I've tried since the kids were little to just listen to something for five minutes a day, a podcast on mothering or grab a book. I'd have one by my bed, you know, and I didn't do it every day, not, not at all. But um, I needed, I need the vision. I need to know what I'm gonna do that day. I need to be inspired to do something again that day. You know what I mean? And just to keep going, just to keep changing another diaper. Like, it's just, um, you need that, you need that vision. And so I would encourage you just to, just to go after that. Um, and it's so beautiful. It's such an opportunity when you think of these are, Precious, eternal souls that we get to pour into. We are pouring into eternity as we're training their hearts and their minds and their consciences in righteousness, pointing them towards Jesus. This is gonna have fruit forever. Um, Matthew 6, 20 and 21 says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So thinking of storing up treasures in heaven, pouring into our children, these eternal beings, that are good, it's gonna be lasting fruit forever that you are investing. So it's worth it. Um, amen you, and amen. Yeah, do you have anything else? Uh, no, I think you should end? just pray right there. Drop okay. the mic and pray, baby. Oh, thanks, babe. So sweet. Okay, I'm gonna pray for us as we close. Jesus, we just come before you today, and God, I just thank you for each mom. I thank you for her calling. I thank you for all of the gifts, all of the things that are in her. And Jesus, I just ask today, Lord, that we would be moms with authentic hearts after you, that would chase you, that would um, run to you in our weakness, God, that would be continually growing in you. God, that would be looking inwardly at ourselves and just continuing to, to grow, Lord, in you. Asking forgiveness um, for, for where we fail and where we miss it. And God, just, just living in your grace. I just pray for grace over each mom here today, Lord Jesus. I pray that she would genuinely feel your love and your smile over her life. Wherever she's at right now, God, I just pray that she would, she would just sense your delight in her. And God, we ask for intentional strategies, Lord, for our puzzles. Lord, would you put those pieces together for this season? Would you show us what you have, God, with, with the habits that we create, Lord Jesus, with the home, the culture that, that you see? I pray that we would get a picture moms and dads, that we would get a picture for what you want our families to look like right now. And God, just give us those ideas of what's that next step we could take. And Jesus, I ask for the sacrificial attitude, Lord. God, that our lives are, they're just yours. God, we're your sons and your daughters. And Lord, that we would say, God, whatever you have, whatever you have for me, that's what I'm saying yes to. And so these children are a gift and God, help me to see them that way. Help me to, help me to see them.
the way that you see them. Help me be able to see what you've put in them, Lord Jesus. Help me be able to call those things out, to be their biggest advocate. Lord Jesus, I just ask for each each family, specifically each, specifically each mom here today, God, would you encourage them? Would you strengthen them? Would you be with them? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give Renata a big hand? Thank you, babe. So good. You know, maybe even um, just as you're here today and you're facing the trials you're facing, the challenges that you're facing, I don't wanna close the service today without giving whoever's here or online an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. Because even when we talk through all these ideas, like the reason why we're all in on this and not just saying, let's just live for today, let's just have fun, is because Jesus has become everything to us. And you might look at your life and go, I I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I'm just living for me. But the good news of the gospel is, is that we have a God who loves us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And Jesus went to a cross. He lived a perfect life. And he died in our place for our sin that we might have eternal life with God forever and ever, which gives us relationship. It gives us purpose. It gives us, I mean, God gives us supernatural power to live differently. And so you might be here today and think, I'm just, I'm just going through the motions. You might be online just thinking, I'm just, I'm, I'm just like every other person in my culture living for self. And you think to surrender sounds crazy, but it's actually in surrendering your life that you find life. So I just want to give you the opportunity if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus right now, would you just close your eyes? And this isn't all that you say to God, but this is a good start in your journey with him. If you would just say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I surrender my life. Save me. I don't want to go my way. I want to go your way. Be the Lord of my life. I give you everything. That song we sang earlier, you can have it all. I just say it to you, you can have it all. You can have my life. Just like, just like disciples a couple thousand years ago just left everything and followed. Today, I leave everything and I follow. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen.